I have a confession to make. There are parts of my business that are a complete mess. When I started this business almost seven years ago, I thought the company was going to be one thing, a business development consulting practice. But then it quickly evolved into something else. I started speaking. I wrote a book. I launched this podcast. And the company and my brand grew faster than I could have imagined. However, my systems and my processes certainly didn't keep up. Welcome to episode 117 of This Shit Works, a podcast dedicated to all things networking, relationship building, and business development. I'm your host, Julie Brown, and today I'm talking with Beata Chalette, a growth architect who provides visionaries and leaders with proven strategies, blueprints, and growth maps that provide clear steps to improve business systems and strengthen leadership skills so that we can maximize profits and scale our impact. I'm going to need all of that. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. My guest today has a list of accolades, far too many to mention, but I will mention a few. A first-generation immigrant who found herself $135,000 in debt as a single parent, Beata bootstrapped her passion for photography into highly successful global business and eventually sold that business to Bill Gates in a multi-million dollar deal. She is among the top 100 global thought leaders by PeopleHum and one of 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs by HuffPost. That's all well and good, but the real reason I want to talk to Beata is because she is passionate about building structures for overwhelmed and frustrated business owners who can't squeeze any more time out of their busy day. How many of you are nodding your head and saying yes, because I certainly am. So without further ado, let's get this conversation started. Beata, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be here. Let's make shit work. I think everybody loves the title of this podcast because so many people are like, I'm ready for this shit. Let's do this shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, a hundred percent, you know, and as we are going in this interview, inevitably shit was not working. And so as we hear now, we're like, okay, now let's make it work. Let's, let's uh, talk to our audience and get, get them some pointers. So you have a lot of offerings. I've done the research on you. You have a lot of offerings. You have a lot of different areas of expertise But I think a good question to kick us off is, what does a growth architect do? I think that is the question every business owner actually needs to answer relatively quickly and easily, right? So we really focus on helping to grow authority and scale impact for a lot of mission-driven entrepreneurs and business owners and founders. And there's three particular things that we get uh, very involved in. Number one, we have a system for building systems, and it's called the system formula builder. I I think that that in in itself is kind of like the joke, right? So only I could have a system to build a system. (laughs) And this is for business owners who have a number of different things, especially in the service industry, and then they're coaching and they have an online course, and then they have this and they have that program and that program. And oftentimes it feels that they're completely disjointed. So what we do is we put an umbrella over the whole thing, build the system and put all the pieces in a system. And then the system becomes the hero. And then uh, the diagnostic tool for the business owner to tell their clients what the method is 
that they're using and where on the system they fall and which service is right for them. So it's a really cohesive offer. I mean, it's a game changer. People walk out five days later closing $50,000, $100,000 deals because you finally know what you're talking about. The second piece is where we actually do a very specific growth plan where we help people to develop the strategy. And our approach to this is very simple. So there are hundreds of strategies on running a business. I mean, I bet Julie, you yourself have, you know, talked to internet marketers and that sales strategy and that sales strategy and that sale and that LinkedIn and that Instagram and that, and it's enough to make your head explode. So we go in and we say, well, who are you? What are your goals? What do you want to achieve? Where are you good at? What resonates with you? And then we help you to identify the strategies that work only for you in that style that works for you because we don't believe one size fits all. It never does. And the final piece is we are launching a mastermind for podcasters. And this mastermind for podcasters is uh, how to increase your reach so we've taken three strategies that we're putting in this mastermind. One is a LinkedIn monetization strategy. The other one is an Instagram strategy. And then I built all the workflows and strategies, how to maximize content. So how do you turn one podcast in 15 to 25 pieces of content per week? So we designed all of that. So that's kicking off very shortly. I've never thought about monetizing LinkedIn. Because I always think of LinkedIn as like the visual representation of my network in the online space. And do I get gigs out of it in the sense of somebody posts something about me keynoting and then somebody says, hey, could we have you as our keynoter? Is that what you mean by monetizing it? Or is it like there a deeper strategy for monetizing LinkedIn? There is a deeper strategy for monetizing LinkedIn. So we have this method on why would you try to find a seat at the same table if you can own the table and you invite people to your table? So we have a method on how do we identify the people that are your potential clients and then you are setting them up on peer-to-peer -peer round tables. You facilitate a conversation and we'll tell you exactly what the elements are and how it needs to be structured so that at the end of it, they want more because you just dazzled them with your brilliance. And in this method, you identify potential clients, and then you can take them into your strategic consulting phase. So they're pre-vetted. They already like you because they spend time with you. And we help you to really go in and say, well, how do we scale your impact even further using this particular strategy? Because if you're a professional in business, you have to be in LinkedIn. It's like the next big thing, right? Because the the platform is still evolving. And I think some people think about LinkedIn as like the older platform without all of the algorithms that we have to like push you and like grow your brand. It's totally changing, isn't it? Well, LinkedIn was acquired by Microsoft. And so obviously it has been corporatized mm -hmm. in that sense. Microsoft bought it to make money. So Microsoft is positioning this as the new recruiting tool on how to find ideal candidates and then how to make this now the placement tool or the research tool for recruiters, because that's where the big money is going to be, obviously, advertising and ads and all that. Because right now we only have Google and we only have Facebook, but now and YouTube ads, obviously, but LinkedIn 
is going to be the big advertising platform that's coming next. That's where they're, that's where they're going to be making the money. Okay. So if we step back to the conversation around systems for just a minute, I mentioned in the intro that my strategies and my systems, they just don't support the company that I own now because the company that I own now, I didn't know this was what this company was going to look like. Is this the common thing that happens with companies like not having the systems in place or the company grows too fast and you don't have the systems to support how fast your company grows? Is this a, two questions? Is this a common occurrence and can it be fixed? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. So what, what typically happens is that you, when you grow your business or when you first go, go to market and then people react well to this one thing you said, and that becomes a product and a service. Yes. Then you speak about something else and everybody comes to you and says, that Julie was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Smart as you are, you of course immediately build a product around it or an offer or a coaching or consulting mm -hmm. uh, item. Somebody else comes and hears something you said. So next thing you know, you have like four, five, six things and you go, man, how do I, well, woman, how do I, how do I build this? How do I build this like super really quickly? And so what you do is you go in and you say that, okay, let's just take a step back. What do I need to do to reach my financial goal, my life goal, my work-life balance goal? And how do I go about this in the sense that I can now really grow this business. Then you look at what are the systems you already have. So I designed the Five Star Success Blueprint. So this is our diagnostic tool. So when you come to me, okay. so we can do this now in real time. So we, okay. we, we just make this a mini, mini mastermind here. So the first thing we look at, we say, is the idea clear? What is the idea? Uh, are we clear who our avatar is? Who are we going after? How do we articulate what we're saying is our differentiation factor clear is unique value proposition. I call it the unapologetic value proposition. Is that clear? When we have that, then we go to the offer and we look at the offer and say, does this offer solve a problem for these people that we just identified? Mm -hmm. And those are the people that are our ideal target. And then and only then will we identify the offer that this particular group needs because we want to have multiple offers that that group could need. So first, mm -hmm. maybe they need the, you know, the, the, the online course and maybe they need individual executive coaching and then maybe they need team building and then maybe they need a strategy. So whatever the things are, so you can, you can guide them then through the different pieces of the offer that you have. Then we move into the third piece and that third piece is the systems. Now we say, now we know who we are selling to. Now we know what we are selling. So what are the systems we need to build now that support these things? Because that's the automation. That's, you know, everything that's available. What do we need to make yeah. this happen? When we have that, then we go to the team. And then we say, we know what the offer is. We know who we're selling to. We know what the systems are. Now we know who the people are that need to handle the systems that can service the offer that solve a problem for the client. And then finally, we go in the fifth star of the five-star success blueprint. That's you as a leader. Mm -hmm. Now we're looking at you as a leader and saying, what should you be doing? What should you hire somebody to do? What should you not waste your time anymore where are we now needing to find the right team members? How can you lead the right team members 
that work in the systems that manage your offer that solve the problems for the client. And so when I take you through this, it becomes very clear. So intuitively, I would say, you know, speaking to you, you probably somewhere between the systems and the team where you now need to figure out where do I need to hire somebody and where do I have a system yeah. that I can automate to run certain things. Yep. Once you got that figured out, you are ready for that next step because now you can scale it up, but you can't scale it if these, the unification part, you know, the leader, the team and the systems, if that's not properly aligned, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Okay. Inside your systems, is there the possibility of passive income? If that's what you want, 100%, because we are now looking at this and we're saying, okay, where are you going to make the money the fastest? Mm -hmm. Where are you going to be able to create products and services that do not require you to be there all the time? Yeah. So is it an online course? We now know that online courses after the pandemic don't sell as well because people want an experience. Mm -hmm. So now we need to go and say, well, which part of it is an experience? Which part of it is something that we can build for you to go and grow very quickly? Which part of it, maybe there's a partnership, maybe there's mm -hmm. a mastermind, maybe there's a high ticket item that you need to create. So where are we going to get the leads in? Mm -hmm. And then what are the people that we identify in the avatar really need? And then we slice and dice that into different offers and products and services and coaching, consulting, speaking, however it is. So we have a real plan. So for you, because you speak so much. Mm -hmm. So we then need to look at when you speak, how do we make that a lead generation tool? Yeah. And how do the different audiences that are attracted by your, your talk, what do they need? And then what would be the funnel we need to let them in? So let's say what happens a lot of times that people in an audience are not necessarily buyers. They are fans and yeah. ambassadors for you, but they're not the ones who make the money decision. Their bosses are. So then we go and say, what do we need to give them mm -hmm. so that they then walk with that piece of paper, that handout that you have into their boss's office and say, Oh my God, I just heard this amazing woman, Julie Brown. Mm -hmm. What she said resonated. Here are the three reasons we need to bring her into our company. And those are the things that you gave them yeah. to take to their boss because we designed it in such a way that they become an ambassador that then does the sale for you. So it's mm -hmm. almost like a referral sale. Yep. So we design all of these pieces in that strategy so that you always know when you go somewhere, what is the strategy for you to take your speaking right. into more engagements? So I, I think in order, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in order for us to set up these steps and to have these, for me to stand on a stage and to have follow-up offers with people, I need to have some form of authority and expertise. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast. Like, how to network and speak and create yourself as an authority in whatever industry you're in. But you also talk about this and you have three essential framework elements for 
so somebody can grow their authority. Can we talk about those a little bit? Because for some people, the authority might have to happen first before they even think about what are my offerings. Yes, I think that the first thing that everybody just needs to understand about authority, you are an authority because you say you are an authority. So there's nobody on this entire planet that's going to come to me or you, Julie, and says, you are the authority. You say you're the authority because you have a system, you have a plan, you have clients, and you get results. That is what gives you the authority. Mm -hmm. So if you are still waiting, and I'm going to be really blunt here, for mommy or daddy to tell you that you're a good girl or well-behaved and you got your act together, that is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there is a part in, in the success blueprint. We talk about, you. number one, you really need to have the mindset. So that always comes first. You need to know that what you want is within your reach, available to you, and that you're ready to step into it and you're ready to claim that success. Because again, Your mom's job is to protect you from getting hurt and not have any boo-boos. So your mom is going to tell you not to take any risks because, I mean, while she cheers you on, but then she says, be careful, wild west out there. And then you start to be very hesitant about making the decisions. But if you have a mindset and you say, I am claiming my success, I'm going for my success, I own my success, I have a right to be here, I have a right to sit at the table and lead the table, then this is an energetic resonance that then other people go like, you know, yeah, that woman, that man knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So that's how it starts. The second piece is you're going to have to have shocker, a strategy for, uh, you know, for anything really. We recommend because there's so many strategies and, you know, I have my, my own podcast called The Business Growth Architect Show and it's all about strategy. And I wanted to bring as many people as possible that have different strategies on my podcast to help the listener understand just how many different strategies there are, because you don't have to follow a strategy that terrorizes you and gives you nightmares. Mm -hmm. You can find a strategy that is aligned with who you naturally are. Like speaking is a strategy, Yes. right? So if you like speaking, that is a great strategy. If you break out in hives and start profusely sweating when you're in front of an audience, may, not a good strategy. May not be, may not be a good strategy for you. We may then go the route of the podcast guesting, you know, mm-hmm. as a, as a strategy that might be a little bit more, more along the lines for you. And then, finally, you have to be growth oriented, because everything in business needs to be about growth, money making activities not doing your social media, who do I need to call today, face the hairy yeah. bees, you know, have the sales conversation, focus on, again, you know, the strategy to really help your business grow. I recently did a podcast interview on growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And it sounds a little bit like your strategy follows in with that. Like we have to think it to believe it. You really do. I think that one of the most important things any business owner can do is to look at their, you know, I had an interview yesterday with a gentleman who calls it an upper limit. Uh, He says there's a limit of a financial set point, an upper limit that a lot of people, you know, they get to a certain amount per month, but they can't break it through. So maybe they make 50,000 a month or 10,000 a month, but they can't get through the Mm 100,000. And so 
there are limits that we have that are inherent, you know, that are based back a lot on our childhood programming. And we are not responsible for what our parents, you know, programmed us with. Mm-hmm. But by age seven, all these programs are running. So your parents' fears are now your fears. Your parents' money beliefs are now yes. your money beliefs. Yeah. And in order for you to change that, you have to get conscious and aware that that is happening and then go in and say, now, if it is true that I am afraid of failing, if it is true that I feel like I'm an imposter, is it true that I am too expensive or that, you know, I should help people and uh, it's bad yes. to ask people for money if I help them, which is, you know, a really idiotic belief if you think about it, because if you want a mercy dispense, you go in the dealership, they're right. not giving you that car, they charge for it. So, I mean, the exchange of money for a service or product is the oldest thing in the world. So right. why do we still have a problem with it? So you break that pattern by the recognition of that pattern. So I recommend everybody to do uh, listen to a mindset podcast every single hmm. day just to reprogram those neurons. Right. I love what you said about you don't expect to go to a Mercedes-Benz dealer and have them give it to them because I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, who are solopreneurs, like for me, I get asked a lot if I will speak for free. Will you come and do this for free? And I'm very good now at having standard language about why I don't do that or why I only do a certain numbers for certain groups every year. How can somebody create that language for themselves so they aren't constantly being taken advantage of? Well, I think, again, you have to go and look at why are you feeling compelled to work for free Mm -hmm. or not asking for money to be compensated? And that oftentimes goes back to stupid stuff we heard. You don't know what you're doing, especially people that are uh, Christian or religious, where you're supposed to help the poor people. And you just keep falling into these traps of that you feel good when you help other people. Well, you're not really helping anybody if you can help yourself. Mm -hmm. So the growing up into adulthood as an entrepreneur really includes first and foremost, your comfort to talk about money. I've heard great things that some sales trainers do. They go and say, here's the water, here's a cup of coffee, that's $25,000. So that you have that same natural tone when you are asking for money. So it's not like, here's the salt, here's the coffee. (laughs) Well, typically for my clients, you know, and then you start to stumble around in the dark so that you have that same ease to go in and talk to them about, it's Mm $25,000. Well, why is it so much? That's what I charge. It's funny because I think this conversation about getting asked to do things for free is pervasive. But I was at a conference recently and somebody framed it this way. Like, don't get upset if somebody says, will you do it for free? Because you can't charge if you can't give it away for free. So when people start asking you if you'll do it for free, you know you can charge because you people want it. So you can't charge if you can't give it away. So be afraid if people don't want it for free. Yes, I think that, you know, there, there are certain things. Like I, I did a, a great talk for United Way. And United Way is a nonprofit with a phenomenal message. And I charged. And I said, 
because when you hire me, I'm going to make sure this is the biggest fundraiser you've ever had mm -hmm. because I put this kind of energy and effort into the talk. And it was the biggest fundraiser for this particular luncheon that they have ever had. Mm -hmm. So my fee paid for itself because I helped them to make more money. But you have to be also clear to be able to manage those objections because people always have objections because yeah. that's what the whole world is raised on. Mm -hmm. We are raised on looking for deals and bargains and bonuses and rebates. I mean, it's at a point now that, you know, everything is overpriced so that they can discount it later. Mm -hmm. And so the problem with that is if you constantly looking for a deal, how can you say, I'm not willing to pay that, but now I want my clients to pay that. So that's a mindset mismatch. Yeah. If I am going to ask full price, I need to be willing to pay full price myself. Right. So if I want to launch a $15,000, $20,000 mastermind, I'm going to need to be able to put that money down for somebody else's mastermind. Yes. Otherwise, it can't work. Yes, I believe in that. I work with a number of subconsultants who help me run my business. And whenever I get a proposal from them, if I cannot afford it, I never ask them to change their price because I don't believe in that because I don't like when people ask me to change my price. So even if I think it's too high, if I think it's too high, but I can afford it, I still pay for it. I never say, can you sharpen your pencil? Can you reduce this? Because I don't want somebody doing it to me. What I failed to mention in your intro, and I should have, is that you are the author of the number one internationally award-winning Amazon bestseller, Happy Woman, Happy World, How to Go from Overwhelmed to Awesome. And what is that? Because I think everybody who's listening to this podcast is like, yes, overwhelmed. Yes, still want to be awesome. So is there one tool we can give to our listeners right now that can put them on that path besides go buy the book and read it? No, 100%. So the, the core concept I developed and why I wrote the book is that there was a moment when my daughter was in bed and she was coughing and she was sleeping and she was coughing and coughing and coughing and a voice in my head said, take her in the bedroom, you know, watch over her. And then she stopped breathing. And I ripped her out of the bed, threw her over the shoulder, hopped around the living room and tried to wake her up, took her to the emergency room. She had asthma and with an almost fatal asthma attack. And so I spent the next couple of years to research everything about asthma and, and how do you and what do you. And then one day at age seven or eight, she just outgrew it. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute, what? So I'm, I'm going through this agony of this rhythm in my life where I am just obsessed with this and then it just ends and then something else comes, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're done with that and then something else comes. So I started to really take a look at how life really progresses. And I realized that there's a very specific rhythm, usually three to four years where something takes on a main focus. So if you have a, a new baby now your mother, that's your main focus for the next three to four years. It just is, right? Don't, don't try to do anything else. And then I looked at women and I saw that women are trying to do all these things all at the same time. So they have a new baby, then they're trying to advance their career at the same time while they try to work out like crazy, do home-cooked organic meals, have their house look like Martha Stewart, have the hottest, sexiest relationship on the planet. And, 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 and you know, for those who can see, Julie's like cracking up here on the video. <laughs> 
So you are guilty of this because you think you're superhuman. And so then we look at our girlfriends or our friends and we see, you know, Mary and Mary is a great cook. So if she does it, I should be able to do it. And then we look at, at Diana and Diana got the smoking hot body. Well, if she does it, I should do it. So we now assemble our ideal version of ourselves out of the 10 best qualities of our 10 best friends. That's, I mean, hello, it's just not possible. So I developed this concept called ego rhythm, my own rhythm, where I help in this book. I take you step-by-step through it so you can figure out exactly what your ego rhythm is, which one you're in right now, how to initiate the one that you want to be in and set a main focus so that you really make the thing that's the main thing in this rhythm Mm -hmm. and keep it the main thing. And then when another rhythm comes, then that thing becomes the main thing. So that's the main premise of the book. Okay. Oh, I can't believe we're running out of time. Um, In conclusion, if you had one message, just one message that you would want every listener to hear, what would that be? Fail faster. Don't be afraid of failure. I always think about failure like as this nice person with a big stop sign in a cul-de-sac just saying, this is not a good way to go. (laughs) You would never drive into that cul-de-sac after somebody told you not to go there, throw yourself on the ground, throw a temper tantrum and cry bitter tears that you ended up in a cul-de-sac. You would simply get back in your car, turn around, you'd say, thank you, Mm -hmm. and you'd find another way. And so failure in life is nothing other than that. It's just somebody with a stop sign that looks at you and says, this is not a good way to go. Find a different way. So mm-hmm. don't be upset about it. Say thank you and just find another way. <laughs> That's, I never thought about it as like a, with that visual. I think that visual is great because people look at failure and they're like, why does this keep happening? Maybe you just- Why is this happening to me? Why do I have such a hard life? Why, 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 why? It's a cul-de-sac. That's it. There's no reason. you're going the wrong way. You need to turn around and go somewhere else. Or you can spend time in the cul-de-sac finding a road out. And there really is only the same road out that you came in. You need to find another way. (laughs) 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 Now I have the giggles. Sorry. (laughs) If the listeners want to learn more about you and all of your different offerings and your podcast, where's the best place to find you? So I would uh, send them to go obviously to the website at beatachalette.com, which will be in the show notes. Yes. And that success blueprint that we talked about earlier, you can download that at successblueprint.biz. Okay. And we have a, another gift that we, we, we recommend you to do. If you're a business owner and you're not clear about who your avatar is, go to airtightavatar.com, download that. It's like a done with you. Within 15 minutes, you'll have your ideal customer client avatar in front of you so you know how you need to be selling to which is the fundamental step of growth architecture reach out send me an email say hello i always love to hear from the audience and while we're at it please you know do subscribe to julie's podcast (laughs) and uh, give her a five-star review and share this podcast with at least one other person who needs to hear what we were talking about today because it is a labor of love yes Amen. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome, Julie. Here's a cup of coffee. That'll be $25,000.
That was my most favorite line of the entire interview. I love that Shay said that you need to start practicing saying it so that when you are asking for money, whether it be in the form of your salary, a speaking fee, your mastermind fee, you say it in the same natural tone as all of the other things you say. So often we literally curl up inside of ourselves when we need to state what our fees are or the salary that we want or the raise that we deserve. Practicing saying it over and over again so you are comfortable stating your words. Believe me, I know this is hard. When you are a professional speaker, you are constantly having to state your fee for delivering your keynote. This is something that I need to practice all of the time so that I know when I say it, it comes out of my mouth with the confidence behind it. All the other things she talked about, like systems and framework and processes, yes, all amazing and all needed, but what good are they if you aren't getting paid what you are worth? If you are working too hard for too little money. Which brings me to the aptly named drink of the week, which is the money maker, which is what all of you will be pretty soon if you aren't already. Here's what you're gonna need. One fourth ounce of pear flavored vodka, one half ounce of Midori, a juice of a half of a lemon. You're going to combine all ingredients in a cocktail shaker with ice, shake, 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 then strain into a chilled short glass and garnish with a lime twist and a lemon wedge. So listen, if you happen to be in the St. Louis area, is it St. Louis or St. Louis? Well, if you happen to be in St. Louis, Missouri next week, I will be keynoting the Crew St. Louis end of the year event. I will put a link to that event registration in the show notes for you if you would like to attend. All right, friends, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. That'll be $25,000. Just kidding. Until next week. Cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works.